smartcast you are listening to a mint production brought to you by hd smartcast hello and welcome to mint i am nasreen sultana i am an assistant editor at mint i keep a close track of all that is happening in the world of stock markets you are listening to all things markets where i speak to experts analyzing the big trends moving the stock markets the us federal reserve hint at raising interest rates by 2023 is feared to derail indian markets rally with foreign flows getting drained out of emerging markets the us central bank's hawkish comments last week sent markets worldwide in a sell off mode Federal Reserve officials held interest rates near zero but stunned investors by signaling it might raise interest rates at a much faster pace than assumed sending yields and the dollar sharply higher so what are the implications of fed's hawkish stance on india to answer that i'm joined by mihir vora senior director and cio max life insurance hi mihir welcome to the show Hi Nasreen uh, hope you are safe and doing well uh, always a pleasure So me here a lot of chatter about the fed uh, fed's hint at uh, tapering rates and uh, we also saw we also felt the impact of those uh, conversation in indian markets last week so if i can begin the conversation by asking you what according to you will be the implications of fed tightening rates on india and indian markets So, Nasreen, the Fed talking about thinking about tightening is 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 what's basically been causing this volatility in the last uh, three four days. Uh, but let's put things in perspective. We are talking about the Fed potentially going in for a hike sometime in 2023, uh, which they were not even talking about earlier. That's the small delta in sentiment that is causing this volatility. Uh, so i think physically as far as the physical economy is concerned uh, nothing's going to change immediately as far as you know us is concerned or india is concerned uh, whatever is good will remain good and whatever is uh, you know slow will remain slow uh, but it's just that uh, uh, the markets uh, you know have become so dependent on uh, on this uh, easy money the low interest rates and uh, and we have seen valuations of most asset classes also being driven up to uh, record value uh, record levels uh, based on this assumption of uh, lower for longer or loser for longer as we can say uh, so even a small change in sentiment is leading to volatility so i don't think it makes a immediate difference uh, at all to do the fundamentals but markets being what they are uh, do need to react to such uh, such uh, developments because uh, there's a lot of calculations that go in leverage positions etc which get unwound and you know readjusted based on these news flow so i think it's the the market impact is likely to be very short lived uh, ultimately what will matter is how the global and local economy recovers right but uh, as we all know the fed fed impact also has uh, direct consequences on the fir flow and uh, you know one thing that we've been talking about since years is decoupling and indian markets unfortunately have very seldomly decoupled from what the 
you know what the foreign markets or the or especially U.S. markets are uh, are behaving. So you think uh, that uh, you know if Fed uh, tightens it, its ra- rates, it'll have an impact on the FIF flow. Why I'm asking is this because. Over the last few months, we have seen FIM money supporting the markets, especially in the last few months when when DIs were on a sell-off mode. Even in the current month, DIs are selling, net sellers. But FIs have been holding the markets. So what do you think, what will be the impact on the liquidity, the foreign liquidity that supports the markets at the moment? So again, we have seen time and again that uh, these reactions are typically very short-lived, probably lasting for maybe a few weeks at most. Uh, I'm talking about the impact of uh, these uh, macro policy rate changes, etc. Right. But if you again step back and look at the longer term, bigger picture, if you look at every calendar year since FIS have started investing in India, which is since the 90s, I think it's been 20, 25 years. And I don't remember more than two years where FII on a net basis have been sellers. Okay. And those have been in basically very extreme crisis kind of years. Uh, so I, I think again, uh, FIs also are are comprising of various kind of participants. So you have the real hardcore long-term players, buy and hold kind of players, which is the sovereign funds, the the long-only funds, and then you have the prop books and the hedge funds, which are more short-term in nature. So whenever these uh, uh, you know announce tactical announcements or tactical reactions happen. I, I, my guess is that none of the strategic asset allocators would uh, would likely go in for a change in their view with long-term view on India or emerging markets for that matter. It's basically these uh, shorter-term prop books and hedge funds, uh, arbitrage players, so to say, uh, who kind of uh, adjust or unwind their, uh, their trading position. So I think it's, again, FIs need to be granularly broken up into the short-term traders, hedge funds kind of uh, FIs, and the longer-term players. And my guess is the longer-term players don't really change their asset allocation based on these uh, 25 basis points uh, kind of, yeah. you know, or et cetera. It's basically tactical uh, unwinding because there are a lot of leverage positions, again, by FIIs uh, in the FNO uh, market also in India, uh, yeah. as well as the Singapore market, which leads to this unwinding in, in on the shorter term. But the longer term, if you just step back, we have we've hardly seen selling by FIIs. Mm, okay, okay. So that means you're saying that uh, even if uh, Fed or the global central banks across the world, uh, they... Uh, do a tightening of rates, it will not result into vanishing of the money that has been pumped into markets, at least after COVID uh, struck all the nations together. Because the structural story still remains. And Hmm. what we also need to understand is when the Fed or ECB tightens, say Hmm. by 20 basis points, Hmm. India will also automatically react, uh, whether the RBI does it or not. But interest rates in India, the validity will react and adjust, right? So that the differential between the uh, developed markets and Indian markets will continue to remain. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. This is actually you almost preempted my question. That was my <laughs> following question. That uh, because a lot of economists in India also are talking about a rate hike or maybe starting with the repo rate, but still a tinkering of the rates, maybe by end of this 2021 or beginning of uh, next year. Uh, so if RBS starts tinkering the rates and the low interest rate scenario that we have been into the last one and a half years, that may impact the corporate earnings uh, and the lending scenario altogether. Do you agree to that? And if yes, then how does it pan out for the markets? So if you look at uh, the broader indices, the larger equity indices, uh, if again, strictly speaking from the market point of view, 
there has been a lot of uh, deleveraging that has happened. So if you look at the Nifty 50 or BSE 100, 200 companies, we have seen a consistent deleveraging by corporates. So for the larger corporates, actually interest as a percentage of uh, the bottom line is not, not that high. And uh, I think a 25, 50 basis points kind of a hike doesn't matter too much uh, for, for the larger companies. It may matter for the smaller companies, but typically these are not really there in the index. So that's one. Uh, secondly, what we have also seen is that uh, in the last few months, uh, there's a there's been a lot of IPOs, especially in companies, uh, you know, uh, in the faster growing segment. So there's a lot of equity raising in the public as well as private markets, which is going around, which is also helping deleverage. So my guess is that uh, if the interest rate hike or creep up of interest rate happens gradually, and it is because the economy is growing and there's no need for ultra low interest rates, then companies will be easily able to pass on their uh, uh, that that increase in terms of uh, cost price inputs etc because it's a, it's a minor thing it's not a big number maybe we are talking about a you know 0.1 0.2% oh. rise in the selling prices so if the if the hike is because of high inflation and stagflation kind of a situation then it might be a bit difficult to pass on but if the hike is because the economy is on the growth path and we don't really need those ultra loose monetary policy, then I don't think it will be an issue to pass on these uh, uh, rate hikes. Mm, okay. But inflation, of course, has been quite worrisome uh, in the last uh, three to four months, especially the inflation led by commodity, uh, the super cycling commodity, uh, especially the metal prices have increased a lot. And as a consequence, uh, auto auto companies have hiked their uh, uh, you know, unit cost, and the, we saw that the impact of commodity prices also taking eating the margins of few companies uh, last uh, in the March quarter. You think uh, that inflationary pressure will have its impact or a lingering impact on the balance sheet of these companies? Uh, you're talking about uh, companies uh, in general or the metal uh, or the I'm commodity? talking about companies which are dependent on commodities for uh, for their products like uh, uh, like the auto companies the uh, uh, and and the companies which uh, the real estate which is dependent on the steel or the infrastructure companies sure so uh, i i think the the uh, auto space uh, and the consumer durable space and to some extent fmcg space will be impacted in the in the shorter term because uh, the the rise in raw material prices of steel and other commodities has been quite sharp. So we ha we did see some impact in the in the last quarter, and I do see some impact in in the coming quarter. Uh, but having said that, uh, once we are past the low base effect, uh, I think uh, we will be back to normal pricing uh, levels. And we are already talking about companies uh, taking price hikes, for example, in the auto sector, etc. In the last couple of days, so. There is an element of, uh, you know, passing on to the consumer, which is also present. Uh, but uh, but I think overall, given the sharpness of the commodity rise in the last uh, six to nine months, uh, it is inevitable that there will be some uh, some impact on the bottom line. Okay, all right. But, uh, you know, despite all the risks that we have discussed, stock markets have been quite, uh, you know, on its up move. May not be in June uh, alone, but, you know, if you look at 2021, we have been hitting record highs. The bench, the benchmark indices, Sensex and Nifty have been hitting record highs. Sensex touched 53,000 amid all the concerns that Fed got it or maybe inflation. But from what now from here on? Do you think that uh, no, we are going to build on from here on or there would be uh, some hiccups as we move forward in 2021? 
Sure. So a couple of things at play here. Uh, one is uh, that because of the pandemic, uh, we have seen record low interest rates uh, globally, uh, and uh, that's that's driving a chase for yields. Uh, so not only equities, but uh, you know commodities, uh, lumber, uh, you know cryptocurrencies, real estate all over the world is at record highs. Uh, so you are ch seeing a chase for. Uh, you know, yields. We are seeing, seeing record money flowing into private equity funds, other alternate investment funds, uh, and this is all basically behavior which reflects that there is a scramble for yields because interest rates are not giving you anything. Uh, so, uh, to that extent, uh, the high valuations that we are seeing in stock market is also reflected in high valuations in other asset markets. Also, the stock market is not a isolated case of uh, high valuations, and and given the guidance that most developed country central banks have given. Uh, I think this uh, scenario of low interest rates is going to stay at least for the next couple of years. So we are not seeing any hurry to start tapering or or start hiking interest rates. Uh, at least at, as far as the developed countries are concerned, countries like uh, India and some of the emerging markets uh, might uh, be a little earlier than that. Uh, yeah. But globally, the developed markets will continue to be kind of you know uh, lower for longer uh, kind of a situation. So I think that is one reason. Uh, but having said that, uh, there are other indicators which do point to some kind of froth in the market. For example, uh, the way small caps have recovered all the underperformance over the last two, three years uh, in India and, and a lot of other places also. Uh, valuations of small caps are uh, almost uh, at par with large caps. Typically, they tend to trade at a discount. So uh, some of the indicators are pointing to some froth. So I'd be more comfortable if the market uh, consolidates here for a while, uh, digests uh, the you know fresh earnings and and moves on for the next year. Uh, 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 one way move is uh, from here will be will be a kind of a risky proposition given given the overall uh, state of the economy compared to valuations. Mm, okay, so one last question before we wind up is: uh, Which sectors do you think uh, would be leading uh, the up move? Uh, so for the last uh, uh, few quarters, we have been positioning ourselves more towards global-oriented uh, sectors. So our call has been that uh, the Indian recovery will be slower than the recovery in the U.S. and other developed markets uh, because the the quantum and uh, pace of monetary and fiscal uh, push uh, that they've done uh, is much larger than what we've done in India. Uh, so we've been more bullish on the external se facing sectors like exporters, IT, pharma, uh, auto ancillaries, uh, and a lot of uh, chemicals, etc., which are uh, linked to the global global markets, uh, and they've done well. Uh, my guess is that uh, now that uh, we have, we were done done with the second wave and uh, probably and hopefully back on the recovery track, many of the sectors uh, have actually underperformed quite a lot. For example, industrials, capex, uh, plays. Uh, your consumer durables like auto, etc. Uh, so my guess is that if India has to do well, the, uh, the economy has to come back on the recovery path, then probably we might want to look at these sectors which have underperformed for quite some time, which is the domestic looking sectors like uh, FMCG, consumer durables, auto, uh, and the industrials. Uh, I think the government is quite serious uh, on promoting uh, you know, private sector investment uh, through 
uh, PLI schemes. Uh, that is one. Uh, some of those sectors are seeing natural growth like chemicals, uh, auto ancillaries, etc. Uh, and of course, uh, the government itself is spending a lot on infrastructure and you know the public works, roads, airports, etc., ports, etc. Uh, so my guess is that if the India story does come back on the growth path, as we hope it will, uh, then it will be time to look at the domestic link sectors as we discussed. And and of course, to top it all, uh, the banking sector does reflect the uh, domestic economy yeah. to a great extent. So banking is something also one one should look at when we are talking about a when we are talking about a domestic recovery. Right. All right, Mihir. On that note, thanks a lot for sharing those insights and also giving us your time. Thank you so much once again, and we wish you good health. Thank you, Nasreen, and uh, wish you good health too. For feedback, you can write to me at nasreen.s at lifemint.com or you can reach out to me on Twitter at Nasreen Story. You can also reach out to us at HT Smartcast. We are present on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And to listen to more podcasts like this, you need to log on to www.htsmartcast.com. This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.